This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. What is your next mission from God? We all have one. God has something in mind for us right where we are. Welcome to Your Next Mission from God with Julian Durko, where the saints show us how it's done. They've been through it, and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Based on Julie's book, Discover Your Next Mission from God, Saints Who Found God's Will and How You Can Too, Julie shares unique stories from the lives of the saints to show how they searched for and discovered God's will for their lives. I'm really happy to continue speaking with you about John Bosco and his mother, Margaret. I left off telling you that he was preparing for priesthood and that it was a roundabout way to get there. There were a lot of people that contributed and helped, and he suffered immensely, including his mother, to get that done. But he he did continue on that road. But before we go further on that, I want to talk to you about the heart of John Bosco, because he had a heart. And there's a couple of stories I want to share that we can take to our heart too. This one is when he was little, when he was young. This is a story from when he was young. He had a real knack for birds and he had somehow gotten a little black bird as a fledgling. And he had it in a, a cage that he made out of I don't know what. Anyway, he made this cage and he had this little black bird and he taught it to whistle and it would whistle when he'd come in the room. And it, it was he just had this way and he loved this bird. Well, one day somebody's cat busted the cage and got the bird and all that was left, you know, were the feathers and some blood on the floor. And he could not be consoled. His mother was saying, you know, that we can get you another blackbird out of a nest we'll go get one and you can start over and he just would not be consoled and he decided at that time that he would not allow his heart to attach to any earthly thing but thank the lord he wasn't able to do it he always had a heart that attached to people and animals and and the things that were beautiful And I'm glad that he couldn't keep that because that's asking, that would be asking us not to be human. Yes, I know there's a theology of detachment, not letting things have a hold on you in your life. But if they don't displace God, if they don't become an idol, then when the Lord gives us friends and he gives us pets and and he gives us beautiful things to enjoy, we should enjoy them because Jesus himself, he had a heart made of flesh. He wept. He cried. He, he had joy. And we are also to have that. And so I wanted you to know about, about that, about him, that he had this heart. And this takes me to another story. This is once he becomes a priest, he has this ministry at the prisons because he went to visit the prisons to teach them about God and to bring the sacraments to them and and what he found in the prisons made him cry, wept bitterly because it was filled with young men and young boys. They were 14 years old, 15-year-old boys, a lot of them in prison. And so 
you know, it's hard sometimes to minister to prisoners or to the very poor because they're, they're, initially they'll reject you. And they did him, but he just kept at it and it worked. He would visit the prisons and he would really befriend. He would walk with these uh, young men as they grew to love the Lord. And then when they were released, they could come and see him and come and be a part of the oratory that he had set up and grow in holiness and have a good life and not go back to a life of crime. That was the whole goal. But there's one story that shows, again, the heart of Don Bosco and the fact that he did, he would cry over this. He had befriended a young man, and this young man was in prison with his dad. And I don't know what they had done, but they were condemned to death for their crimes, a father and a son. And for the duration of their stay, John Bosco had befriended. He was now Father Bosco. He had befriended this young man and had come to see him all the time. And then finally, when the sentence was to be carried out, he begged Don Bosco to come with him for his last journey, you know, because they were going to hang him. And he begged him with tears, please come. And Don Bosco said no. He just couldn't do it. He couldn't bear it to watch it. So he leaves. Well, the other priest that he was working with, um, I think his father, Colosso, he was working with the father of this young man. He had been seeing him and was planning on going with that man as they were both going to be hung. And he was very disappointed in, in Don Bosco. And he said to him, no, do you realize how cruel you're being? We're going. And he tells him he has to go. So Uh, John Bosco, who we sometimes call Don Bosco, goes. He goes with this young man, rides with him to place he's going to be hung. And and, um, that he had spent the whole night with him before he went back to the prison. They cried. They talked about God, what was waiting him, trying to give him hope, said mass, gave him communion, and then went with him to be hung. Well, when they're getting ready to hang this young man, John Bosco, it was true. He couldn't handle it. He just passed out. He just passed out. And when he woke up and he came to, the hanging was all over. So he never did witness it. And he felt bad. He told the priest, you know, I feel bad. I wasn't with him at his last moments. And this is what the priest said to him. And this is words for all of us. You do what you can and you leave the rest to God. Isn't that so true? We do what we can, but we need to trust God. We're not God. We're not anybody's savior. Sometimes we can only do what we can do, offer comfort, or just be there. Just be with somebody who's suffering. We can't fix it, but we do what we can do. We don't always understand, and we leave the rest to God. I thought that was a beautiful thing. John Bosco does become a priest. He's very athletic. He had done an awful lot of acrobatic tricks as a young man. He used to do this. And the entrance to see his show when he was, you know, a teenager, young teen, was um, to pray the rosary or to listen to him recite the homily. He would hear the homily or preaching that a, that a priest gave, and he would remember it word for word. And that was so interesting how he's always trying to think of new ways to get people to be holy or to listen. And his way of teaching that will eventually affect hundreds of boys in his lifetime and thousands past his lifetimes with the Salesians, the order that he starts, um, this he got from his mother. 
They called her Mama Margaret, and he got that from her. She was quite, quite a good, you know, a good mentor for him and a good teacher. And at one point, he was going to join the Franciscans and not become a parish priest, but through a dream, he learned that he was to become a parish priest. So these dreams, they ordered his life. It's how Mother Mary directed everything that he did. But here's some words from his mother, some advice that she had given him when he was considering becoming a Franciscan. Quote, listen carefully, John. I want you to think out calmly. Once you have decided, go straight ahead without looking at anyone's face. The most important thing for you to do is the will of God. That's the best advice any parent can give their child. The most important thing for you to do is to do the will of God. And then she continues, the priest wants me to dissuade you, but I say this to you, your mother has nothing to do with it. God comes first. I ask nothing of you and expect nothing of you. I was born poor, have lived poor and intend to die poor. Better still, mark my words, should you be a priest and have the disgrace of getting rich, I will never set foot in your house. Remember that. Well, she loves, she sounds very stern, but she really wasn't. That's interesting, though, that that she's saying that to him. And then once he becomes a priest, she has some more words for him. John, you have donned the priestly garb. He did become a parish priest. My consolation is as great as a mother's can be. Remember, though, that it is not the habit that makes a priest. It is virtue. Should you one day have doubts about your vocation, for heaven's sakes, do not dishonor this habit. I prefer you as a son of the poor peasant than a duty-shirking priest. When you were born, I dedicated you to the Blessed Virgin. And when you began your studies, I entreated you to love our mother. Now I urge you to be all hers, John. She also continued, You are now a priest to Jesus. I have not read the books you have, but remember that to begin to say mass is to begin to suffer. At the onset, you will not notice it, but little bit by little bit, you will see that your mother is right. From now on, think only of the salvations of souls and don't worry about me. So at this time in history, we've got the Industrial Revolution, which really was horrible on families. People were rushing into the cities and populating them to work in all kinds of factories. And we had children working in horrible conditions, children working 13 hours a day, getting sick and living conditions, no sanitation. It was really an awful, it was really an awful existence for many, many children in Europe during the Industrial Revolution. And um, John Bosco would go to the slums and he would try to encourage the boys, especially they were roaming the streets. He encouraged them to come and learn from him. And so he would, he would come and teach them. But first, you know, they were, a lot of times when they came to him, they were hungry. So at one point he's going to open oratory, but he needs his mother And so he goes and he asks her, mom, could you please come? (laughs) You know, could you please come and help me? He can't quite do it. And the oratory is in a neighborhood near a brothel. (laughs) And here it's just terrible. It's it's near brothel. It's kind of in the vicinity. It's a farm, 
uh, some land for the boys to play in and shacks and they're, they're going to make a, a you know a chapel and and a classroom and and place for the boys to play but he's like mom it wouldn't be right for me to live there near that brothel it would look suspicious could you come and the boys they need a mother he's asking her to come so at this point i think she's 56 years old or something like this and and so she just leaves everything and she goes she said if you think it's god's will let's go <laughs> and so she goes and she's a mother and i'm telling you these boys run her ragged she's always mending clothes trying to cook food she doesn't have working you know she works from sun up to sundown and at one point she tells him john i can't stand it any longer let me go back to beachy i work from morning till night i'm a poor woman I'm old. I can't go on like this. And he didn't say anything. And he pointed to the crucifix hanging on the wall. And she looked up and saw it. The moment at the time she was uh, sewing a patch on some clothes or something. She looks up there. She's doing her sewing. She bends her head and she continues sewing. And she never left, which is so interesting. And, you know, when she finally does pass away, you know, by then, there were priests. Actually, the boys that John Bosco helped had become priests, and Salatians are going to grow and be this magnificent order. And there's a a thousand boys being ministered to, and there's orphanages, and they're they're branching out to help the girls now. And it's just in these dreams and these visions he had, uh, he knew all this would come, you know. And so when she dies, one of the priests, his mother's forty uh, fifty six. He says, you know, Mama Margaret died and we need a new mother. Could you come? And she does. She's there for 20 more years doing the same thing. It's just a beautiful story. There's so much more to John Bosco. Uh, yes, there was a dog. It looked like a wolf that would show up to help him because people had it in for him. There were many attempts on his life. He just upset the status quo, the politics, you know, of his day. But he starts this order. It continues on. And you got to think about this mother. She raised a son not knowing that that son would affect hundreds of boys who would then affect thousands more. I mean, we don't always know this thing that we do in life, this mundane thing, motherhood, fatherhood, being a teacher, being a waitress, whatever it is. We don't know those people we will affect and what that will mean for the world. And Mama Margaret is what she was called. She did her part, and look what happened. Saint John Bosco, pray for us. Thank you so much for joining me today. Pray with me now. Jesus, Mary, Joseph, we love you. You've been listening to Your Next Mission from God with Julie Onderko, produced at the studios of Mater Dei Radio in Portland, Oregon. To listen to this podcast, visit materdayradio.com. To find out more about Julie's book, Discover Your Next Mission from God, Saints Who Found God's Will and How You Can Too, or if you're in need of a Catholic speaker for a parish mission, retreat, conference, or event, visit catholicfinishstrong.org. That's catholicfinishstrong.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. 
and thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.